The Spendthrift Trust and Capital Gains Tax Elimination. What could be better for business owners, owners of crypto and real estate investing? Amazing, right? I'm going to get into this right now, but first, I am required by all sorts of attorneys to say that I am not a licensed tax or legal advisor. I don't give tax, legal, or accounting advice. This material has been prepared for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide and should not be relied upon for tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and accounting advisors before engaging in any transaction. All right, let's get on this here. So uh, who am I? My name is Don Thornton. I'm a real estate investor. Uh, I'm known as Don the Short Sale Guy because I have flipped over 3,000 short sales and you know, subject to properties in my 20 years. So uh, this is, I'm not some newbie here. I've been doing this a long time and I have a trust and I love the trust. And we're going to get into that right now about why it's so amazing, uh, you know, as far as capital gains goes. Uh, but this is what I like. This is my own quote, where as trustee of my spendthrift trust, I say, I never pay capital gains taxes and I never use 1031 exchanges. That's a key point right there, because with this trust, you don't ever need to use a 1031 exchange again. No hassles, no worrying about the boot, no, no worrying about trying to find a, a similar property in 45 days. I mean, it's easy. I'm going to get into this and show you how that's how easy it is. So obviously the biggest tax reduction for this particular presentation is we're talking about capital gains. And for the Spendthrift Trust, it's not a taxable event. Is that not nuts? I'm going to show you why. I'm going to go, we're going to do a little bit of a deeper dive into the tax code and I'll show you. Okay. So this, this um, strategy is completely compliant with IRS code 643. And in order for, in order for the trust to be able to exclude any uh, sale of capital gains uh, from from being taxed, it has to meet these compliance codes. So I'm going to go ahead and read them real quick. It's Title 26, Subtitle A, Chapter 1, Subchapter 1, Part 1, Section 67, it's 543, 553, 927, Subpart A, Section 641, Section 643, Subparts A, B, C, and D, and including Section 651, Section 672, 673, 674, 675, 675 and 678. Okay, that's a mouthful, but I, I wanted to go through this in depth to show you you know, that we're not just making claims here. We're showing you the tax code and showing you what codes that enable this strategy to work. So you're probably asking yourself, okay, that's fine, but I want to know how are capital gains taxes not a taxable event for the trust? Well, I love to go back to this. So here, here's um, the applicable parts of the, of the code that we, uh, I just went over a couple of slides ago. It says title 26, Subtitle A, Chapter 1, Subchapter 1, Part 1, Subpart A of IRS Code 643, with definitions applicable to subparts A, B, C, and D. And here's the point, most important part. Clearly define and outline that gains from the sale or exchange of capital assets shall be excluded to the extent that such gains are allocated to the corpus of a trust and are not required by the governing instrument to be distributed to the beneficiaries. So, again, I'm going to repeat this, that the, 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 the IRS Code 643, subparts A, B, C, and D, clearly define and outline that gains from the sale or exchange of capital assets shall be excluded 
which means it's not a taxable event for the trust. So you're probably asking, well, what, what's the corpus of the trust? I mean, you know, what does that mean? I have no idea. Well, corpus is just a Latin term for body. I mean, this is a legal legal uh, uh, code. So, I mean, they use they use uh, uh, you know Latin a lot, just like with, in the medical profession. But it just it's very basic. It just means allocated to the corpus of the trust. It means it becomes a trust property. Of course, it doesn't belong to you as a trustee, it doesn't belong to the beneficiaries. It means that it belongs to the trust itself. Okay. And so what is the governing body mentioned in the in 643? Well, that's just a trust itself. I mean, this is a contract. When you when you boil it down, a trust is just a contract. And so what this means is that if there's not a clause in the trust contract which requires the trust to distribute any proceeds to the beneficiaries. That means it is it's compliant with IRS Code 643, okay? And so you're saying to yourself, well, what's the big deal about distributing to the beneficiaries? Well, it's a big deal because that's what the IRS requires, okay? So the, the IRS is basically saying, yeah, you can get you, if you have this trust and you follow this this uh, you know the, 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 all these uh, compliance codes, then you can get these amazing tax advantages. So. Does it really matter why the IRS doesn't want this to go to the beneficiaries? I mean, who cares, right? All you want to do is is talk about, uh, you know, you want to get the you want to get the tax reduction, legal tax reduction. You don't care about why, but that's just requirements. So, a, uh, you know, as long as there's no language in the trust that requires any proceeds to be distributed to the beneficiaries, and as long as it's you know the proceeds are allocated to the corpus of the trust, in other words, it stays inside the trust, it stays in the trust bank account. Then a capital gains event is not is not an event. It is not a, a taxable event for the trust. So I'm going to show you here right now a uh, uh, you know let's let's do a comparison. Here. Let's say that there's an investment property that's being sold at one million dollars. If you don't do anything and you just sell it, then you're going to owe. You know, I mean, capital gains is between fifteen twenty percent. Let's just say twenty percent. So that means twenty two hundred thousand dollars would have to be paid to the IRS. Now, the option that most investors use is to do a 1031 exchange. But those of you who've done 1031 exchanges, you understand that it's not always that easy. Uh, it doesn't always work. I mean, you know, if you know, if you know, you know, right? But just I'm going to do some broad strokes here and just say that, you know, you've got to have, um, you know, you've got to have a, a similar contract under property or excuse me, another similar property under contract within 45 days of closing your, your original, uh, you know, the sale. You got to have it's got to be within five thousand dollars of you know the comps and so forth. If it doesn't fit anything like that, then you know then you got to worry about the boot, which is basically a tax on whatever doesn't you know comp out with your property that was just sold. And, and a lot of times it don't work. I mean, you know, a lot of times you're going to pay paying a tax anyway. So there's always that specter of a hey, will it work? And if it doesn't, I got to pay taxes on it, right? So with the trust. That's all gone. So you sell the prop, you sell the property to your trust because it's an irrevocable trust. You're the trustee, so you control it, and then you put it on the market as a trust asset. It sells. The title company sends the proceeds to the trust bank account, and then you're not required to pay a dime of taxes. It is not a taxable event. Isn't that amazing? That's just crazy. And then you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, what do you do with the $200,000 in tax savings? Well, you can pay trust expenses. I mean, you know, that's one thing. Or you can purchase more properties. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be properties. It could be anything you want. You could purchase crypto. You could purchase uh, stocks, bonds. You could do Forex, whatever, coins, precious metals. It doesn't matter. 
you it's not taxed, and that money that would have been would have gone to the IRS. Now that's just like free money. That's just like walking down the street and open up, you know, finding a suitcase that has two hundred thousand dollars in it. It's amazing. Plus, what you can also do is you can invest a portion of that into an infinite banking policy, a whole life policy, or do all three. You know, it's you, the, the point I'm trying to make here is that you have choices. You don't have a choice with a 1031 exchange. You have to find a property and sink that money in there. Whether you maybe you need that money, but it doesn't matter. You have to put the money into 1031 and sink into another property. With the trust, you don't have to. You, you have choices. You can buy another property or not. You're not required to do anything because you've got a capital gains uh, tax event that you want to make sure you don't have to pay. And so that is why this is such a powerful, powerful uh, strategy. So I encourage you to reach out to me and we can talk more about what your situation is. And, and remember, it's not just it's not just real estate. It's also uh, you know business owners. I have a client that was selling his business for seven point five million, and he he was on the hook for one point seven million dollars in capital gains taxes. And by selling the assets of his business to the trust, where the trust would sell it as an asset, then you know there was that that one point seven million dollars would not go to the IRS, and it was going to go into his uh, trust bank account. That's how powerful this is. So honestly, as a real estate investor, has been doing this for twenty years. I don't know why anybody would want to do, do, do ta- 1031 exchange, changes anymore or pay capital gains taxes when you have this strategy and this amazing trust that allows you to have choices to not pay the taxes legally. And that's why I'm so excited about this. So by all means, reach out to me and we can talk more about this. Thanks.